Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The worst advice I've been given is somebody telling me the idea that because I'm a celebrity that I need to be perfect all the time. Mm. Because I remember when I first started being on my Instagram page and showing myself without makeup or showing my transitions, even when I did the big chop. And, you know, I remember a couple of people would try to act like I wasn't polished or, you know, my thing is at the end of the day, I'm a real ass person. So my brand isn't to give you perfection. Mm -hmm. My brand is to give you authentic black American girl. And so for me, I hated that people put their projections onto me because you're not able to be true to yourself and show all who you are. Mm -hmm. Now you're telling me that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do as an entertainer. And that's the problem that I want to change. Entertainment is just a job. It doesn't make me a spectacular person. It doesn't mean I'm nice. It doesn't mean I'm cool. It doesn't mean anything. That's just my job. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a person outside of that. And so that's what I do appreciate about social media is that it allows people to see that what I do or who I am is not out of their reach. I hate the idea that, you know, entertainers are these things to be idolized. We're just people. This is just a job. And fame is just a side effect. Hello and welcome to season three of the Wannabe podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. It's been so long since I've been on air and I have truly missed speaking to you. It's been a crazy couple of months with some monumental changes for me and my career. For anyone that follows me or the podcast on social media, you'll know two things. One, I'm no longer at the Shoutout Network. And two, I've started my own company called Content is Queen. And I've given everything a revamp. That's right, new colours, logos, music, everything. Today, I am so thrilled to bring you this episode. Today's guest is the infamous Kiki Palmer. Yes, that's right, there's no gag here. While I personally think Kiki needs no introduction, I'll give her one anyway because her resume is stacked and she is still out here working hard. Kiki is an actress, singer and television host. She's actually the youngest woman to have her own TV show. Kiki made her acting debut on Barbershop 2 back in business. You might have also caught her in Aquila and the Bee, Medea's Family Reunion and Scream Queens. Kiki most recently starred alongside Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu in the movie Hustlers. If you haven't seen it yet, you can watch it via Amazon Prime, Google Play or on Apple. In today's episode, Kiki and I talk about what she does to look after herself on set. So if you've got a busy lifestyle, be sure to take notes. Kiki shares the important difference between justifying behavior versus having empathy for the actions of others. We also get some insight on why she uses humor to manage anxiety and trauma. For the goal-getter in you, we tackle what changes when you start to achieve your hopes and dreams. Just a quick note about the audio. We ended up having to use our backup recording as the original didn't capture Kiki's side. So my apologies in advance. It was too good to not put out. Plus, it's short and sweet, so you'll get past it. Let's go. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? I wanted to be like my mom. You know, my mom was very artistic. She is still to this day and... 
she always did music when I was younger and she always talked about acting and how she did speech tournaments and theater. Essentially, I wanted to be just like her. Oh, that's brilliant. That's such a nice thing. Did she work or did she take care of you guys all the time? She was not a stay-at-home mom. I remember when I was a kid, she was home a lot in the beginning. Then as we got older, like and I started going to school, mm-hmm. she uh, worked. My dad worked in a factory most of my life, and then he moved into sales. But it was interesting. I remember a period of my life that they actually worked in the factory together. And oh, I always amazing. remember thinking that was so cool that my mom, she was a woman and she worked in the factory. Like I just thought, like, she's strong. You know what I mean? Mm. No, that's beautiful. Like... <laughs> I had parents that are quite hardworking as well and my grandparents even. So like today is such a monumental day for Caribbean people in the UK because it's carnival. I'm from St. Kitts and Nevis and my mom's from the US Virgin Islands as well. So part US. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to know real quick about what you may have done differently to get into the role of Mercedes for this movie. I honestly think of showing who I am. You know, that was one of the main things that Lorene said when I met her was that she loved my personality. Like she wasn't even really that familiar with a lot of the work that I did as a youth. She was more so like loved my Instagram page, mm-hmm. loved how I conducted myself in my interviews. And that's what kind of made her feel like I was perfect for the role of Mercedes. So I think me being true to myself and authentic at all times is what truly landed me the role. Yeah. I mean, Mercedes' character in the film is absolutely hilarious and you're not on screen like a lot of the times but I felt like you brought Kiki to that role like every time I look at your Instagram I'm cracking up I'm like did she really just do that did you ever feel uncomfortable about bringing comedy and bringing a lot of you into that role especially because Mercedes' life is quite challenging she's got a boyfriend that's about to be incarcerated how did you feel about bringing that humor and that comedy to her life? I felt good about it because I think that's really what comedy stems from is like a lot of like pain or darkness or Mm. sadness. Like you create the jokes to kind of flip, you know, the narrative or your perception of your reality. Even with me, when it comes to humor, I'm not always in the best mood when I, you know, say something funny. It's the fact that I'm not in the best mood that actually pushes me to that point. So I felt like Mercedes would be the same way where, yeah, they're going through a lot and they're dealing with all this stuff. But, you know, her sense of humor and her ability to not catastrophize it is like, to me, the most realistic thing, like we experience so many catastrophes in life, but in the real world, it's like, there's so many more dynamics to it. It's not just Mm. one note. And I felt like Mercedes was that added layer and that added note. In terms of um, her also, obviously, I guess, spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't know, it's about strippers (laughs) Um, hustling a bunch of rich men. Did you ever feel that what they were doing was justified? Like, how did you feel about their actions in the movie? I don't know if I want to say I felt that it was justified, but I um, empathize with them, which, of course, Mm -hmm. is my job. You know, you never want to judge your character or their decisions because then you, you know, you wouldn't really be able to play them. It wasn't as much as I I justified them as much as I empathize with why they felt that that was their only option. Yeah, I felt like I was Julia Stiles. Like, I felt like the Julia Stiles character in there, who's the reporter, like, I'm conflicted because these guys are assholes. But also drugging them it is it does hit one of those like great areas of like I completely understand their position or feeling like there is no other option so I can see why you definitely would have tapped into that was there anything that you found challenging about the role and how did you overcome it I hate to say that I didn't think anything was challenging about it because I think everything has its own challenges um I think it definitely pushed me in the space of you know coming up with things on the top of my head. You know, Lorene was really open to us creating moments where, you know, there were montages. We could say something, we could add something. So the level of improv that was embraced was probably more than any other project that I've done. Mm -hmm. And so it was very rewarding to watch the film and see that a lot of those moments made it to the movie. And so I think that probably was the most challenging aspect, you know, being in an ensemble and 
having those moments where you can shine and then being from you putting in that extra effort or the extra work uh, is definitely rewarding. Yeah, no, I can see that. It came across very natural. It felt like as an ensemble, you guys all got along, the singing, the dancing, and like you just felt like it was a real sisterhood. Like I've genuinely felt like this was a family and I felt that's what was so nice to watch. I felt like that's what my takeaway was. I was like, I really enjoyed that. I felt like Jennifer Lopez completely killed it. She had a very palpable presence in a way that I don't think I've seen her before. She killed it. She did. It was just next level. I felt like you had like a really strong group of women on screen, which I don't think you typically get to see. And they're doing things that are sexy. There's kind of no judgment. And I felt like that was actually quite empowering. And they were the leads too. So were you quite intentional about taking on a movie that had all female leads was that an intentional choice or was that kind of like oh and it's got this too that made you say yes like what was the reason it was a great script yeah uh that's number one it was a great project it wasn't just you know pandering you know like oh it's just all women and that's why you should watch it it's like no this is starring all women and it's an amazing story it's an amazing script and it's true at that and then also in the industry you don't know what everybody is writing Mm -hmm. you know unless you're a producer yourself or you're creating the roles you know movies like this you kind of wait for them to come. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. It's something that either plops on the desk or it doesn't. So as soon as my agency heard about it and I heard J-Lo and then I read the script, I was like, oh, I've got to do this. Yeah, no, I think it was a good choice. I felt like it was really funny. I went in there with no expectations. Like, I don't like to go into movies with any knowledge of yeah. what's going on, to be fair. So I felt like, oh, this is not what I thought this was going to be. I thought it was going to be about, like, women shooting people. Different kind of... <laughs> But it really had a story. It really, it really story. did. I felt I like think everybody's going to be uh, pleasantly, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because I don't, I guess people probably don't know really what to expect. But I think when they see how well-rounded the movie is, yeah, they're going to be like, okay, this is, this is a movie movie. So in an interview you've done previously, you talked about understanding that your yeah. parents are adults and you come to forgive them for all the little mistakes, big mistakes. Because they're human and they are just people yeah. navigating this world. Have your parents seen this film? What do they make of it? My dad hasn't seen it. My mom loved it. She was just watching intently and she was just really proud of me. She loved how everything went. She loved the movie itself. I mean, she's always proud of me. That's good. I feel like it's so important to have parents' approval. I know like a lot of young women listening don't always get that. They want to do things. Sometimes they want to push it's like the half limits. Half. Yeah. Because I feel like I definitely you know, love my parents' approval, like as if I'm still a damn middle schooler. Yeah. And so it's like, I think as you get older, you got to have balance because sometimes you grow into a different direction than what your parents expect Mm -hmm. and what may not make them proud may be good for you. And so I've had to learn how to curve that, like, because I was always that overachiever kid trying to make my parents proud. Mm -hmm. No, I I recognize that too. I'm definitely always trying to make my mom proud and... I'm just waiting for her to say it. She says it to other people, but she doesn't say it to my face. I'm waiting. Uh, one day. She must be one of those real strict signs, like an Aries or somebody. She's a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to hear it. It's fine. <laughs> it's always going to be to other people, not me. Um, I wanted to get onto kind of your general career trajectory. I've actually watched you since, like, Barbershop Days, so I can't believe it. I've actually grown up watching this girl, and you really just blossomed and become this massive, huge personality. And I just wanted to know how you've personally been dealing with, I guess, just, like, your blow-up. Like, how do you see it? Do you yeah. feel it the same way that your fans and people that just love you see you as this, like, overnight success or on the more day-to-day and real humble, modest vibes? I think it's so hard when you're in the mix of it and you're being creative and it, it all's coming so fast. And even though, you know, everybody, you know, careers have ebbs and flows. There have been times where I've had moments to really chill and kind of embrace it. But I think overall, I'm always, you know, 
being creative and, and moving on to the next thing or the next idea. So I have to get better at really, you know, taking the time to appreciate mm. what I have achieved. You know, I definitely think people would, you know, describe me as a kind of like humble type of person. Really, I just love to entertain. It's the most exciting thing in the world to me. And I'm happy to have been able to continue to do what I love and, you know, make a living off of it. And then also, you know, I'm grateful that I, you know, I started so young and to know that people feel like, oh, you know, I grew up with her and, you know, to kind of have that sense of community with my audience. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really special to me. It's something that I truly cherish. And so I'm just grateful. The best way to describe it would be to be grateful. That's incredible. And probably a really healthy and normal way to feel about it. <laughs> and you know, I feel oh like God. this has been a really pleasant conversation. It's not been difficult. It's not been challenging. And you still feel like you're humble and really nice. So that's good. I do not feel disappointed by this meeting. <laughs> um, generally speaking, how did you take care of yourself whilst kind of preparing for the role? Like what were your self-care rituals and routines? Getting to bed early. You know, it's so funny. As a kid, you always thought you had to go to sleep only when you were tired. Hell no love. I had to force myself to sleep. So like I literally, you know, that was a big thing because I was doing some other stuff too while I was filming this and in New York and in between places. And it was mm -hmm. a lot going on. So getting to bed, prepping my clothes before I went to bed, you know, getting my wig ready because I had a lot of different wigs on this show, mm -hmm. you know, taking care of my skin, trying to have fun in the moments that I could, you know, in those, you know, couple of days that I had off, trying to get out and do something so I don't feel too like entrapped kind of thing um you know and, and relaxing chilling and, and relaxing at home too sounds like a good balance yeah very good balance i try so hard i think it's important that we try because so many of us will just push until we burn out and then what do we have left really so i felt like you did seem well rested you were funny your skin looked excellent i felt like you look good. I was Thanks, happy. girl. I was happy to see you. Yes, sir. So finally, what is the best advice you've ever received and the worst advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received from my mom, it would be don't let other people's perception of you to be your perception of yourself. The worst advice I've been given is somebody telling me, you know, like the idea that because I'm a celebrity that I need to be perfect all the time. Mm. Because I remember when I first started being on my Instagram page and showing myself without makeup or showing my transitions, or even when I did the big chop. And, you know, I remember a couple of people would try to act like I wasn't polished. You know, my thing is, at the end of the day, I'm a real ass person. So my brand isn't to give you perfection. Mm -hmm. My brand is to give you authentic black American girl. And so for me, I hated that people put their projections onto me because you're not able to be true to yourself and show all who you are. Mm -hmm. Now you're telling me that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do as an entertainer. And that's the problem that I want to change. Entertainment is just a job. It doesn't make me a spectacular person. It doesn't mean I'm nice. It doesn't mean I'm cool. It doesn't mean anything. That's just my job. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a person outside of that. And so that's what I do appreciate about social media is that it allows people to see that what I do or who I am is not out of their reach. I hate the idea that, you know, entertainers are these things to be idolized. We're just people. This is just a job. And fame is just a side effect. Mm -hmm. and so that's probably the worst advice I've ever gotten. And if I was young enough to have been exposed to that kind of thing, early on it probably could have affected me poorly yeah so i'm grateful that my parents kept me away from that kind of thinking it makes sense too so i'm glad you're good you're being yourself and i feel like we do see that we see a really authentic version of you and i think that's what Thank we all relate to it feels like oh i could be this girl and i think that's really important as well for us young black women in the world really and it's true because we are all the same you know i mean we are all the same i mean we have our own specific uniques you know what i'm saying but it's like yeah. Ain't nobody higher than nobody else. 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Kiki. I really appreciate you taking the time out today. And thank you so much. Thank you, girl. And enjoy the celebration of your culture. I hope my fangirling over Kiki didn't distract you from all of the wisdom she dropped on this episode. She was an absolute dream to interview. If you're a fan or just became one, be sure to check her out in the movie Hustlers. I've seen it and I really enjoyed it. Right, back to business. Now that I'm proudly running Content is Queen, which you might recognize as the name of the Women's Podcast Festival I launched with Shouter a little over two years ago. I am so pleased that I get to carry on producing this vitally important event, so stay tuned for the date of the next one, which will be announced very, very soon. I'll also be opening a members-only recording studio for podcasters in London. So if you're interested, head to contentisqueen.org to join the waiting list. Be sure to follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram via the new handles at contentisq on Twitter and at contentisqueenhq on Instagram. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes, share it with a friend or screenshot it and tag at contentisqueenhq on Instagram in your Insta stories. To get extended show notes listing all the tools and resources that we've talked about on this episode, visit wannabepodcast.com. And I want to give a huge thank you to the Cameo team for arranging this interview. This podcast is proudly a Content is Queen production and it has been lovingly edited and put together by Ellie Clifford. Thank you for listening and until next time, bye.